millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to our Book Off Christmas Special. It's the season to be jolly, and how could I not be when I'm sharing a studio with two chirpy chaps who are here to talk about books and sharing some festive cheer as well. My first guest is an actor who's played many roles on stage and screen and who takes his job so seriously that he ate 3,500 calories a day for his role as Reverend Ozzy Whitworth in Poldark, but now looking mighty fine and very trim. It's Christian Brassington. Hello. Hello, Joe. And my second guest is also an actor whose credits are too long to list right here, but is probably best known for playing Doctor Who, Alec Hardy in Broadchurch, and for his amazing portrayal of Hamlet in the West End. It's a very warm winter welcome to you, David Tennant. Thanks very much. Although I clearly don't take my job as seriously as Christian because he <laughs> did that whole, you know, the physical... I didn't have that. I didn't have that in my intro. You've, you, you've... you sound like a better actor than me. No, but I've seen you change your hair for roles. I have changed my hair, yeah. Have I've... you ever uh, overeaten for roles, David? I, do you know, I never... I've never... No, I haven't. I do... I've... This isn't going to sound... This is going to sound self-serving. I find it very difficult to... Um, Alter my weight. Oh, for goodness! <laughs> it's just, it's it's a it's a metabolic thing. It goes both ways. I you know I I can't. I find it very difficult to you know bulk up uh, at the gym. I find it very difficult to. I'm just. I am what I am. I am what I'm given. Uh, well, it's lovely to have you both here. Welcome to Book Off. This is a podcast where we chat books. Obviously, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, we talk all things art and culture and what's going on. And at the end of the podcast, each of you get three minutes to pitch us yes. and the audience a book that you love, that you think we should all read. So right. you are both uh, friends. And I wondered if that makes the competition even more fierce. I don't know about fierce, but I'm what it will give us is lots of ammunition for a few months sarcastic yeah. texting. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll win, I'll be fine. <laughs> that sort of thing. The absolute yeah. confidence yes. that comes with it, yeah. yeah. And how did you two meet? Oh, oh Joe, the, uh, don't pretend you have to ask. <laughs> don't pretend you haven't seen it. Yeah. I mean, changed the landscape of cinema. I think, yeah, I think it did. Yeah, I think it did. Well, I'm, not, I'm talking, you know, I'm speaking for maybe the one person who's, who's listening who needs I to know. I don't think there's oh, anyone no, there who isn't. didn't catch. Do you want to do the full title? Uh, yeah. Yeah, St. Trinian's 2. The Legend of Fritton's Gold. 
Yeah. Said so. I've never heard it said so seriously. We should have done stereo. <laughs> Maybe you can you can tweak that so your listeners can get that okay, a nice great. stereo effect. Yes, on we the did. title. What oh. year was that? That was two thousand and oh. eight. Later was it ten? I think. Was it? I say ten. I say twenty ten. Uh, I'm going to say two thousand and eight. It's already starting to come. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sort of did. We did that, didn't we? We were surrounded by uh, just. Girls everywhere. Yeah, I think every every successful British uh, female actor now was in yes. in that film. Yes, they, it was quite a cast. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah, mm. uh, and 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 Rupert Everett also uh, Rupert Everett uh, playing uh, a playing a successful female actress. Yes, yeah. he was very yeah he very much was he was the headmistress. And, and um, you, yeah, Colin, I mean Colin Firth. Colin Firth. It? Colin Firth was in it. Yeah, everyone Pre-Oscar. was in it. Yeah, yeah, everyone was in it. Everyone was in it. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. And you sort of, a friendship just blossomed, I assume, from this. Well, I think we were both nervous of being seen to be talking to a lot of teenage girls. <laughs> so we just sort of sat in a corner and talked to each other. Yeah. We, uh, we, were, the, we were the baddies. Yeah. We were yeah. The, we were the villains. I played David's sidekick. We were very subtle, very subtle performances. Oh, my goodness. It was almost like a documentary. It was what we so were doing. nuanced, <laughs> uh, what we did. Yeah. I had a wig for that. Changed my hair for that. Did you? And yeah. you got to come through a ceiling on a sort of rope, didn't you? Get sort of That's lowered right, in from a helicopter. That's right. Because I remember being jealous. We yeah. got to go into the we got to go into the Thames, into the actual Thames, yes. the Tower Bridge. Less right. jealous making. Oh. Yeah. No we're, stunts for you then. Well, that was that I mean, was a stunt. That was a stunt, really. Was it? Can we call we it? We should a stunt? have a danger money for that. In the actual Thames. Yeah. <laughs> Think of that in itself. Think of it. The bodies, yeah. the centuries of bodies, millennia yeah. of bodies. Mm. Um, the tides, the needles. Yeah, we were very, we were very brave, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. People think acting's just, you know, mincing around in costumes. And Chris, you knew and I sort of bonded over uh, randomly our love of curry and specifically London curry houses that yes. we both liked. Yes, didn't we? we did. We have spoken about those, yeah, yeah. in depth. Yeah, been swapping, uh, swapping a few mm. tips and things. I've yet to take you up on one that that you mentioned, but uh, in West London somewhere. Are we allowed to say it? We I think to you say can that? say whatever you uh, want. Yeah, well, we're very blessed in sort of West London as a. Lots of curry houses all grouped together. I think they've ought to raise their game. But there's a couple of places. Yeah, the um, Indian Zing, I think, is the one that I was telling you about. Oh, that's, yeah. that's very good. That is good. It's excellent, isn't it? Yeah. And um, Pulte. Can I introduce? Oh, yes, you must. We spoke about, you told me about this place, yeah. which I haven't tried yet, but mm. I'm desperate to. A place in West London called the Chapati Club. Right. Which is the, I've, I've not been to the actual restaurant. I've just had it on Deliveroo a couple of times. Although, As we're all doing now. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, but uh, possibly the best takeaway curry I've ever had. Praise indeed. Yeah. Yeah. This is what this podcast's for, right? Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a curry food, It's a food uh, curry review podcast. Show. Yeah. yeah. It's a, actually, just writing this down. <laughs> you really club. are. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Do you think um, Do you think they'll get a, a Deliveroo sent over to East London for me from there, or will I have oh, to? Oh, yeah, it might be a bit far. Yeah, I don't be. know if I don't know anything about Chapati Club. They may have fourteen branches yeah. all over mm. the world. I have no notion. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. But no, it is it is uh, as you've rightly pointed out, not not specifically a podcast about food or indeed curry, but it is about oh. books mm. and culture and reading. And as actors, I imagine you both get sent a lot of scripts and adaptations and things to read for parts for auditions etc but are you both pretty big readers anyway of fiction or non-fiction i found that i unfortunately have read less the more that i have to read for work mm. i find that often the stuff i'm reading is around a job whether that is in terms of research or the original text ironically for um 
for Poldark, I wasn't really allowed to read the books. I think that's because Debbie Horsfield, who exec producers and writes it, doesn't want us to get attached to a certain sequence or a certain, you know, series Can of events. Can I say that line? Yeah. Yeah, like that, exactly yeah. that. That was that was good. Do you remember when I was in it more? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think so. I've um, I haven't re- read the books, but now that I'm um, dead, spoiler alert, I pro- probably should go back and and, mm. and read those books. Probably so, yeah, should, but you probably won't. No, nah, probably won't. It's no. finished now, isn't it? Yeah. it killed me off. So. Yeah. And you it, sort of know what happens, don't you? I do know what happens mm. in the end. I don't yeah. know if that spoils, you know, the reading of a book or a you know, trilogy or anything. Maybe it would. I'm not sure. But yeah. So um, unfortunately, it tends to be around there, and then it's a real pleasure when you read something. Mm. You know, on holiday or on a beach or something. To is that, that the same for you, Dave? I I've I used to read a lot more novels. Since I've had kids, that's become slightly compromised mm. because your available time shrinks. Um, I've also found in recent years I've tended to go more for nonfiction. I've tended to uh, I like a biography or a, mm. um, I've been going through quite a lot of Richard Dawkins of late. Oh, yeah. Things like that. Um, uh, I, I I think that's partly with the fact that I I, I slightly panic that I don't have a lot of reading time so I feel like when I do read something it has to be improving in some way it's my mm, Scottish yeah. puritanical roots <laughs> apart from uh, my one sort of thing which we will get onto later but oh. non- non-fiction is as you say it's it's a bit easier to dip in and out of as well if you haven't I guess got that so, time yeah, yeah. and yeah. there are books now a lot of non-fiction that's shorter chapters if you can call them that or just sort of bite-sized chunks and I, I've found that I've been reading either non-fiction or short stories sort of before I go to bed because right. it's just you just get Bite that sort size. of instant yeah, yeah that instant bit yeah I, I'm a sort of a dreadful reader in, in, the, in a sense in that it takes me such a long time to properly get into a book and then I'll end up devouring it but it takes me just forever to start getting through it so I, I quite enjoy reading biographies like that and uh, David McCulloch God, I, hope, I hope I've got that name right who wrote a who wrote Truman's biography which won the Pulitzer I've been working my way through that for months you're just sort of dipping back in and back out. I mean, it's in it's a doorstop, a proper doorstop. Mm. And he wrote um, a biography of John Adams. Remember HBO yeah, yeah, did that John yeah, Adams yeah, series? Yeah. The Paul Giamatti play him yeah, years did. ago. And I auditioned for that. And so I got this biography and I started reading it because I wanted to find out about the character. I was going to audition to play one of his sons. Um, and then did the audition and then frantically had to try and finish this book because I thought, if I don't get this job, I'm going to resent this book so much. <laughs> and I just, and it was such a wonderful read. And I didn't end up getting the uh, job, but even despite that, I don't, don't resent it. Wow. So that was a positive thing that's come out of something through work. Mm. Yeah, but I know what you mean. They're much easier to dip in and out mm. of like that. I found that people who are understudies get a lot of books done in a very short amount of time. Well, I if guess. you've got enforced sitting in a dressing room, yeah. yeah. You have yeah. to be in a place that's quite quiet for... Mm a good two hours every night mm. and you think well great and yes. and so a lot of my friends who are actors who will be an understudy in the west end or whatever are just are just hammering books they're yeah. asking me can i can i have another one for next week you know yeah. that seems like a really good yeah. quite a good gig to get actually you know? the one thing that i have discovered recently quite relatively the last couple of years is the the joy of the proper audiobook to actually, and so I do. You, you, it's this, you know, you you can go. I read that book, even, mm. or well, they, there's so much. They're it. so much more popular now. Well, than now they were all, for a couple of years. Now ago. they're all on on a bridge. I used to hate the idea of uh, getting an audiobook. I suppose now we're off CDs. It's a slightly different. It's more practical, isn't it? Mm. But I, I, I always used to think, oh, I could listen to that on a car journey. But oh, it's abridged. I don't want to listen to an abridged book. It feels doesn't feel like the real thing. Yeah, no. Um, but now you can, you know, you can walk to walk around Soho 
knocking off a couple of chapters. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. And you have you done an audio book? I imagine that you would have. Yeah. 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 How do you find that experience? Because it's quite intense to be reading. It's quite intense. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because it's just you, and, and all you do is just read all day. I mean, I, it seems like an obvious thing to say, but uh, but you know, you go into a studio, usually quite a small one, uh, and you just hear the sound of your own voice as you go through a large manuscript. And there is always a point about three o'clock in the afternoon where your brain starts to forget how to read. You're, it's just there's just shapes swimming in front of your eyes, and it, you, you have to kind of have a bit of a stiff black coffee and get back to it yeah it's, it can be quite grueling but there's something something quite zen like about it as well yeah I've spoken to authors on this podcast who've done their own oh, yes. audiobooks and often read their own audiobooks read their own audiobooks Ooh. and often non non-fiction to be mm. fair not not fiction authors but in some cases that can we stop that happening for the act <laughs> yeah, yes can we stop that happening they were saying how interesting they found it that they would sort of I'll skip a word here and there or they you know just sort mm. of abridge something I suppose mm. in, in a sense but it's their own words mm. and then someone you know like me would come over the sure. the, the, the talk back in the heavens and say oh, oh you missed a, missed a word there actually if you could just go back and they were thinking I bloody wrote it like, <laughs> yeah <you know>. yeah <laughs> it's quite it sounds quite strict well yes yeah, so I suppose you've got to be I, I, I yeah I, I guess as an actor that's the expectation that you have to say all the words so you don't feel you feel like uh, it's fair enough if somebody picks you up on that. Mm. But I, I, yes, I suppose if it was your own work, you might feel more proprietorial. And uh, the, yes, because you're sort of being told off. Of course, it is a mini telling off. Yeah. Sorry, yes. can you go back? <laughs> so if you, if that's happening, and it's your own work, I can see how you could get disproportionately annoyed about that mm. quite quickly. Now this is the. Uh... Christmas episode. Oh right! Mm. You know, I'm a. I'm afraid I haven't decorated <laughs> to get us into the Good. mood. That is a shame. <sighs> as such, that is a shame. Now I'm thinking about it. I haven't even put on my Rudolph jumper. No, uh, I've got brains from Thunderbirds. I instead. saw that. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Equally festive, one could argue. But um, could one? Uh, <laughs> we could. We could. Find, we could find an <laughs> yeah. argument somewhere. It's uh, not as festive as me and Christian doing this in the nude. I thought you'd have joined us. Yes, I, I am sorry about that, but yeah. um, I didn't get the memo. Well, um, there know. is time yet. Let's Try it. It just time. sort of. It's very freeing. It's very freeing. Mm. Are you in any way in a festive mood yet? Because I can tell you that I am not. I am. I am. I. Uh, I've done a couple of sort of Christmas event things oh, have you? in yeah in, um, both in churches and choral music and hearing um the music from home alone <laughs> or christmas music <laughs> as it's also known I've, I've felt quite christmasy yeah and yeah. i've had a funny year in that i've I haven't had any kind of transitions between seasons just because of where i've been in the world and so i sort of went to a very cold freezing place and from from autumn here and then it suddenly it was sort of christmas time mm. it seems so yeah i do feel I do feel quite Christmas. Good. That's yeah. good then. Yeah. Good thing. I think I'm getting there. Yeah. Definitely. Do you have Christmas traditions that you always stick to? Now, obviously, with David, you've got your, your family. I imagine it's just a very family mm. time, mm. as it is for a lot of us. Are there anything that you, you always do? Do you do you have to stay at home? Do you have to stay in? Do you like going for those long Boxing Day walks? What is it about Christmas? We've just, in our house, had one of the traditions which, we, which has developed very organically, which is the... Uh, annual argument about when we should put our Christmas tree up. <laughs> yes. uh, I would have it put up probably on Christmas Eve yeah. and my wife would have it put up on about the 14th of July. <laughs> so uh, there's always that, a bit of a sort of tug of war over that. And it's mm. just, it went up, I think, on the on the 5th, I think it went up. Okay. Yeah. 
a pretty good compromise. Yeah, there, I yeah. That's that's. It, it turns out that that's something that is a Christmas tradition now to have that the to and fro, the warp yes. and weft of that uh, discussion. Mm. I'm with you for you know maybe maybe the 23rd, not Christmas Eve. Mm. I'd wait till you know. I just and the don't things need to I, see I, it. I do actually quite like it. Yeah. But I feel like my role is to adopt the slightly Scroogean figure because mm. uh, that somehow liberates everyone else to get into the festive spirit. If yeah. I'm if I'm sort of trying to pull the reins, that's part of the joy, isn't it? Yeah, I give them something. I give them something to kick against. Yeah, of course. you're providing a service in a way. Exactly. Yeah, it's nice. Hmm. I think. And I asked, I had this conversation uh, quite recently with someone about Christmas films because mm. often a a big debate, and also it's in this new sort of era of streaming and not really watching linear television anymore, and you know it seems that Christmas still is where people fight over the remote control, you know, where that comes back in and we're circling the radio times because we want to watch that, mm. we want to watch that, we're in with our families. And uh, we were talking about the Christmas film that you have to watch, that you hope comes on telly or that you just have to go and get. And, you know, for me, it was Home Alone. Yeah. As you've already mentioned. I, absolutely. I'm glad you said that because, yeah, that's become a bit of a tradition that that seems to, I seem to have to watch it. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, hearing Wham. Uh, as soon as I heard Wham and I've seen Home yeah. Alone... I'm I'm in Christmas. Right, you know? they are they are triggers. Yeah. for want of a better word. I've never seen it all the way through. Home Alone. Yeah, that's not true. That Hang true. on, yes. a, no, no, no. I've no, seen no, no. Well, I think I because I th- I suspect I know I'm a tiny bit older than you, Chris. No, so are you? a couple of months. Well, that's an exclusive. Um, that's an exclusive. I, I suspect that might be the same uh, uh, with Joe. Um, and I think I missed it first time round. I think that's I think I was too old for it first time round. So it doesn't have that hold on me that I'm aware it has on some mm. of you young people. Yes. Um, so, so it doesn't really, I've, I've now seen it over my kids' shoulders, but I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing. It's, I mean, it is, it is wonderful. I think it's, it's a, a really sh- good film. It's a well. great film. Yeah. It is a great film. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I, feel like I hope you can sort of slightly spoil Christmas. Any <laughs> any Christmas spirit that we built up, has yeah, been it's really been quite. You're not against it. I'm not saying. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not saying that. For me, it was The Wizard of Oz when I was a kid. That was the film that that Christmas. Okay, uh, which was the Christmas movie. Okay, I don't know if that was just our family or if that was the seventies. Maybe I've I think it was thought... just always on, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe I've never thought of it as a Christmas movie, but that's maybe because of... there's no Christmas in it, is there? No, but Die Hard. That's the big argument, isn't it? There's been there been yeah, but podcasts they are at a Christmas party, that, right? though, aren't they? In they're at a hard. Christmas party, so he's coming to visit his mm. yeah wife at Christmas because it's yeah. the work Christmas do. So that's the tenuous link, right? yeah, or not so tenuous, depending on where you sit. But it's I I've it, it is a Christmas movie as far right. as I'm concerned. Die Hard is Die Hard, a little violent for Christmas. It made you so so alone. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, violent. comedy <laughs> violence. Mm. Yeah, um, Wizard of Oz, however, you know, yeah. Just that's for everyone. It is, but yeah. you're right. Not a single whisper of time of year mentioned no. in it anywhere. Is no, there? there's that's not. True, there's not. In even fact, any it, snow. it thinks it, it. I always think of it as quite a warm film, I guess, because it starts in Kansas, doesn't it? So it seems. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, there was that big thing, wasn't it? The BBC One Christmas film in the afternoon because it was always mm. a huge premiere back in the days of. Oh, it's gonna, this is going to turn into a an old fogies round yeah. table. Do you remember video rentals? Yeah. There's when, you know, you had to wait for films to appear. And yeah. so yeah. it was a huge thing, the big Christmas Day film. But they still do that in terms of, there's been a nice tradition the past few years of those Agatha Christie um, yeah. specials coming on. There's another, yes. I think there's another one of those this year. So those things are exciting and Doctor Who Christmas special. They're doing one of those this year. It's going to be a New Year's Day this year. Oh. 
I know. Oh. Oh. How'd you feel about that? Oh, I just don't like change, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, a wonderful life for me as the Christmas film. Which, of course, it, it's just, yeah. you know, anyone who doesn't say that or mention it, yeah. it's not worth talking to, really. But um, I've never seen it. Oh, go. my God. It was inevitable that this was going to happen. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, it was inevitable. <laughs> what? Uh. Where? You would cry so much at that film. I will. Maybe that's a way to. Maybe I should have it on. I've got to do an emotional scene at work and just perfect. Put that. Watch that for the Good first idea. time. Yeah. 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 And that's what the days round. That bit in the bank. That bit in the bank. Oh my stuck. goodness. Oh, I was going to ask why have you not seen it. I'm actually just going to ask how have you not seen it. It's just. I don't know really. Mm. It's never been. I mean, is it on every Christmas I don't think it day? Is. No, I don't think it is necessarily. I got taken to see it by someone at somewhere like the BFI. Yes, the BFI always show yeah. it. Yeah. They always show it uh, around this time. Someone, and I hadn't seen it. And it was, you know, a grown-up by this stage. Mm. And someone took me and sort of sat me down. And, I was like, <laughs> and then, of course, you see it and you realise that that's what Christmas is for. Oh, maybe I should go and about. do that. Maybe I should go to a cinema and watch it. Yeah, if they do should. that every year at the BFI. I think the, the BFI in London will be showing it. And I imagine cinemas across the country will probably put it on around this time so have a look because it and then and just go yeah. yes okay I will, I will seek that out I feel ashamed of myself and, yeah yeah. but it's nice to have this atmosphere we can it's lovely that we can share isn't it? Nice. <laughs> yeah. what have you never <laughs> seen Joe oh gosh what have I never seen seen St. to The Legend of Britain's Gold seen that yeah seen uh, that <laughs> tick, tick that one off yeah. um, until quite recently I'd never seen The Sound of Music I know uh, now okay. I have seen that mm-hmm. okay my father's never seen it and he's so proud of the fact he does not want to see it now. He's right. actually made such yeah. a point that he's, <laughs> he's nearly seventy, and he's you know he's push on through to death. <laughs> he's just yes. going to get. Yeah. He does not want to see it. Oh, not interested fair. in it. Oh, you know. Okay. Um, but I, I, so I felt I sort of followed in his footsteps a bit mm. until recently, and then I, I saw it. And, yeah. But that's another one that people go, what? Yeah. Never seen the sound of music. Yeah. You know, one of the. I think it's films. quite easy to miss films though, and then mm. short, you know. The, my wife had never seen Star Wars. No. My wife hasn't seen Star Wars and she th- thinks that they're just not going to be for her. But I keep saying, you, you can't make that decision mm. or that call until you've sat down and watched them. No. I feel like that about Dirty Dancing, which I've never seen. I feel like I wouldn't like it. But I mean, I'm sort of indifferent about Dirty Dancing. Right. What, what are things yeah. are, it's, it's dangerous, isn't it? Because I feel like I'm talking to two people and other people are going to hear this. Yeah. That could cause a massive offence. You were, I mean, were you about to say something? No, I'm just, I was just saying I'm indifferent about Dirty Dancing, but people yeah. Ooh, love yeah. it. Yeah, they do. They love it. Yeah. But people love Star Wars as well, you know. I mean, they are fanatic. I love, about Star, I love Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. I love Star Wars. Oh, oh sorry. Drop my horn. Oh, I say. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, and yes, we're talking of horns, it's time for the book off. Oof. Wow. Right. That's okay. why we're all here. Right. Uh, where you each get three minutes on the clock to talk about a book okay. that you both love. Um, now, first... Before we sort of get into it, mm. David, tell us which book you've brought. Well, this is what I, I trailered this earlier in our chat. Yes. That the other thing that, yeah, I don't get a lot of time for reading. I do read quite sort of, uh, often quite dry factual books. But it does mean that the one thing I've slightly got back into in recent years, which I used to have a great love for, is comic books. Yeah. So I've, I'm bringing a graphic novel. Which one? Hush which is actually a compilation of issues of Batman. Okay, very good. And Christian, what's your choice? I have gone for a novel which I first read uh, many years ago when I was at, at drama school and still young and had promise. And <laughs> I, uh, when I was thinking about uh, what to bring for the podcast, I've been, um, I've been very busy. I don't want to make a big deal about it. But I was sort of slightly panicking about books that I've read recently and trying to read them. And then I thought about a book which had a kind of profound effect on me. So I have chosen and I can't believe how pretentious this is going to sound I've chosen 1984 by George Orwell I've heard of it have you? yeah I've heard of it yeah apparently it's got a good future yeah I think so nothing pretentious about that at all nothing pretentious at all it's absolute classic Um, so we have to decide who goes first or second and I'll let Christian you get to decide if you go first or second David you get to decide whether you have the bell or the horn that rings you out I feel like I've got the lesser of the two decisions. Mm. <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, it's obviously it's, it's done. Go on. Um, the die has been cast. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm oh. gonna go second. Oh, see. because I'm um, be thinking tactically. He's I a big sports fan, so he will be thinking tactically. <laughs> he's, no. he's taking this. I don't really understand sports, so he's using that against me already. I, I really wasn't doing that. I'm just, it's self-preservation. No, it's lying. It's, it's a, not lying. It's, 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 it's like it's because you always demand your close up first. So I thought that in this situation, you would mm. want this to go. No, it's because I'm worried that I've chosen a, a book which sounds a bit pretentious and I'm worried about coming off as being pretentious. <laughs> so I want you to be... I've chosen a comic, so... Yeah, but I want you to be really pretentious now, so I'm going to sound less pretentious if you wouldn't mind. Okay, okay. Right. And David, you get three minutes, but you don't have to use it all. However, when we reach that critical moment, mm. I will be uh, mm. ringing you out. So would you like to be honked or rung? Can I experience both? You may indeed. <clears throat> Right. Oh, oh, I know. This is too. This big is like added me. pressure. I'm going to go for the bell because I feel like it's clear. It'll cut. It cuts Very good. Through. Yes. It's yes. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okie doke. Three minutes on the clock. It's over to you, David, to tell us about Hush. I grew up with Marvel comics. My brother used to get um, Mighty World of Marvel every week, and I. As soon as I was old enough, uh, I, I got into them as well. I would get as many uh, comics as I could afford or scrounge, and they were always Marvel comics. I loved the Hulk. I loved the X-Men. There was just something about those characters with all their extraordinary powers, and yet they still had 
feet of clay. They were conflicted. They argued with each other. They, they seemed human. And at the same time, they would whiz off on exciting adventures and smash the bad guys, which is obviously an important part of the cocktail. And that sort of character complexity was very much the hallmark of Stan Lee, the brilliant Stan Lee who died recently. He's responsible for at least co-creating all those Marvel characters who now dominate the multiplexes, Spider-Man, Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Black Panther, all of them. I'd always loved them. And equally, I'd always had... Uh, this sense that the rival comics brand, DC Comics, were a little simplistic, maybe even slightly ludicrous. Superman was invincible and a bit preposterous. Uh, Batman was just this bloke who got dressed up. Uh, Wonder Woman was entirely without nuance. So even though DC Comics had sort of invented the superhero comic book, I felt justified in rejecting their entire oeuvre without ever really looking into it that deeply. But this unresearched prejudice carried on. Uh, until adulthood, until, and this is going to be, I'm, this is going to take too long to tell this story. I'm panicking already. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, um, this is a bit of a name drop, but I ended up working for Marvel Television a couple of years back. The head of Marvel Television, ironically, is a man called Jeff Loeb. Jeff is now a very high-flying TV exec, but used to write comic books. And I'd read lots of his Marvel comic books and a fanboying over him. And then discovered that Jeff, because he's an actual creative human being who understands these things, was much more promiscuous in his early talents and also worked for DC. So then I picked up Hush, which Jeff wrote for uh, DC Comics, a Batman story. Um, and I, But I still felt slightly prejudiced against it and sort of it, it lay there for ages. Um, but he originally, it was published in 2003 and it's uh, a collection of issues from Batman 609, which are now in one uh, trade paperback, as they call it in the comics book. Uh, and reluctantly, I opened it and was immediately persuaded that Batman is every bit as complicated and ambiguous and compelling as the most interesting X-Men. Because what Jeff does in the story, quite intentionally, he provides the stepping on point for anyone who's new to the character. So, because um, it's issue 609, there's lots of stuff has happened, years of stuff has happened, but he gives you uh, everything you need to catch up. Without it feeling unnecessary, he sort of tours you through, I'm running out of time, through uh, the whole world of Batman, and at the same time introduces a new character that feels like he was there all along. I won't tell you who because if you read it, you, you you won't see the you won't see the joins. Um, so it's a tour de force through Batman story, uh, and then the artwork in it is by a guy called Jim Lee, who's also promiscuously worked for uh, DC and Marvel. It's utterly beautiful, grimy and beautiful, and even though they all have these ridiculous pneumatic bodies that superheroes do, there's something real and sexy and grimy about it. Um, it, it, it and for me, a comic book has got to have integrity and reality in the characterization that allows you to lose yourself in the story but still is quite plausible. It's funny. It's easy to start! Oh, wow. wow. So much that more That was give. fantastic, though. That was great. You'd, you'd come very well prepared. You I really feel, have David. come prepared. I think that was, that was fantastic. I, that, was, that was extempore. Was it? Yeah. Is it? That sound you heard was just the iPad being closed. With the, <laughs> say, with the extensive it. notes. So much I didn't get to. Was that? Well, you could publish that. Put, it on, that... put it up on a website. Yeah, put it up. Yeah, on... it's my blog, my comic book <laughs> blog. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I'm going to let Christian have his three minutes, but, but I do I want, to want to talk to you about um, <laughs> about graphic novels okay. a little bit later okay. on because you've there's a couple of things you mentioned there that just sparked. Okay. Similarly, how I got into reading when I was okay. young as well. But we'll come back to that. Okay. And we'll put three minutes on the clock <coughs> oh my goodness. for you, sir. You ready? You no okay pressure. after that? No well, I, I, I wish I'd gone first because now I'm <laughs> feeling your, pa- your You've rising You've got panic, notes. Yeah. I can see yeah, your notes. Yeah, but I haven't. I've got notes. Not a, I haven't yeah. got a... You've had a... Oh, it's very good. Right. <laughs> um, it's over to you, Christian. Three minutes on George Orwell's 1984. So when I arrived at drama school uh, many, many years ago, I had this sort of wonderful time with great people, but also a sort of uh, personal, sort of creative 
um, renaissance, I told you it was going to be pretentious, wow. where I discovered lots of uh, brilliant things. So uh, musicians that my parents hadn't listened to growing up, so the likes of uh, Bowie and the Stones and Dylan and all these great people who they should have made sure to listen to. And also, uh, in a literary sense as well, I discovered George Orwell and so read Down and Out in Paris in London and just thought it was absolutely you know, wonderful, fantastic, brilliant, evocative description of life in that time. And 1984 had always been one of those novels that you should have read, one of the one of the great novels. And so what was so brilliant about finally reading that was that it lived up to the hype. Often things get so overhyped that by the time you get there, you sort of, you, you're, you're only ever going to be disappointed. But for this novel, I think it's hugely important at the moment, and that's why I've chosen it, I think, today, that it stuck with me in such a powerful way that living in a world like that would in a way be worse than dying. And I've got a slightly rising panic about the way that the world is going at the moment. And these things which keep happening, if you think about Jim Acosta recently with Trump and the and the journalist and uh, the microphone tussle, and then one side saying to you, oh yeah, he assaulted a journalist, when the the footage is there for you to see that it didn't happen. And so, and I think that these things are sort of happening before our eyes. And so I would I would urge the entire planet to read this book, just so that these sort of creeping, you know, sinister aspects can be can be sort of spotted uh, in ahead of time. Um, and again, that very sort of uh, pretentious bit, but it's a wonderful book as well. I mean, Winston is such a well-rounded character. And very early on, Orwell doesn't shy away from the fact that this guy has flaws. So he's very noble, but you kind of believe him. You know, they sort of got these kind of strike, quite strong urges of misogyny. And the language that he uses in, in the book, some some of the quotes, you, you think, well, that must have been around since biblical times because it's so pure and so brilliant. The I think the book contains, you know, the sort of the, the greatest broadside against the idea of torture as a useful tool for finding out information. And it happens so succinctly. It's in, you know, in a couple of, of, of paragraphs. It just completely dissembles the idea that it's, you know, a worthwhile thing to do. And also the, the scenes with Julia, it's this sort of heartbreaking love story as well. And it creates a world so brilliantly. And it's just, I think the book has got everything. I think to to write a masterpiece of fiction is one thing, but to write a book which is able to pertain in terms of its uh, importance as well, I think is wonderful. Have I finished? I feel like I finished. I finished. Oh, oh my goodness oh, me. Much better time than I that. don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't have enough. You brought that in at two minutes, 59 seconds. <laughs> I'm disgusted. Don't be disgusted. I'm disgusted by the weeks of preparation to get into that. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Another, I think you'd agree, David, fantastic pitch, no? It was very good pitch. It's a very, very good. good. It's a great book. I'll be honest with you. I was wondering where I've you read would... your book. Have you read my book? No, because typical. I... But I'm going... No, but listen. <laughs> it's typical. But I'm going to read your book because of the wonderful pitch you just yeah. made. Okay, I'm going to read... I'm going to borrow right. your copy. No, I'm going to buy my own because I support, support the <laughs> Because we support, <laughs> we support the, the arts. It's Jeff Loves. He's a, he's a, he's works for Marvel Television. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a very good point, though, because people listening will go and buy both of these books because of these fantastic pitches. And I was actually wondering what you were going to say about 1984 in the... Because everyone does know it mm. or know of it even if they haven't read it mm. and maybe now they will if they haven't I hope so. um it you're, you're so right about the now about how it stands up in 2018 about reading it now again even if you have read it perhaps when it 
you know, when you were studying at school or something and, and the difference of experiencing that book in a world that we live in. Mm. The simple point about the language as well, just being so good. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I read it when it was fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Uh, and David, as I said, I was obsessed with um, graphic novels, specifically Judge Dredd, actually. Oh, okay. Was, yeah. 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 Um, but Marvel as well yeah. and, and DC. And there was a book when I was probably about 10, 11 that came out and it was Marvel versus DC. Oh, yes. And this just blew my mind, yeah, you know, yeah, these yeah. characters actually coming together on the yeah. page. Um, and I just thought you, you talked so wonderful about, well, people, you referenced Stan Lee, of course, absolute legend, and, and the complex characters and how we're living through in in sort of popular culture now all these characters that we see on the big screen mm. who were have been around for years yeah, you know and yeah. that were created in these quite frankly beautiful and amazing books mm. and and magazines that we personally I personally love to hold and get my hands on and read and everything mm. so it sort of took me took me back a bit mm. hearing you say that and batman i think is just one of the greatest characters ever yeah I, I think that's true, and I. But I genuinely, it's only reading that book that's really made me appreciate that. I've never really got it. Did you? Were you a fan of the films at all, ever, or the or the TV I liked series the Tim or anything? Burton ones. Oh yeah, yeah. I liked uh, the, the Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. I ones. do too. They're uh, dark because it is that balance in that sort of comic world. Not it can't take itself too seriously because then that exposes the inherent ludicrousness of it of the fact that it's people dressing up and going out at night to bash criminals on the nose mm. so it's got to be a little bit heightened in the way that tim burton is but it's got to have a reality so that you can still feel the journey and feel the, the pain of these characters so that they still mean something and i think getting that balance just right in comic books and in then in comic book uh, adaptations is quite tricky to do i think when it works it sings it is close you've got to be careful haven't you i mean you're uh what marvel have done so well with uh, your series, you know, sort of Jessica Jones and Daredevil and, th and the things around that, is that they haven't denied the existence of, you know, a big green man smashing the place yes. up. But they don't have to sort of show that all the time. And yeah. so I think that that spreads things out and it allows, you know, a show which is... Because I think that Daredevil and Jessica Jones are sort of slightly darker and more yeah. sort of um, grounded in reality than mm. the big, shiny Avengers movies. But it's quite a clever technique, that, to, to mm. bridge the gap. Because I agree with you about it can be, I think that's why I'm a I'm an enormous Superman fan, and I think that, that there's often struggles with that because the whole notion is so sort of slightly ridiculous mm. that you have to balance it. So well, I mean, Christopher Reeve did it Wonderful. perfect, yeah. yeah, absolutely perfect, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. And there's a scene in the first Tim Burton Batman where a younger Joker robs his. Mm. You know, his parents right. and the pearls yeah. fall, fall mm. on the floor mm. and he says you ever danced with the devil in the pearl yeah. I had nightmares about that for weeks after right. watching it I still I could still visualise it and picture it you know that was, and Gotham was just created so perfectly for yeah. me mm. in those in those two films and Keaton was an incredible Batman yeah uh, earlier this year I um, <laughs> wanky thing to say that <laughs> I was in uh, Los Angeles and uh, by a pool, and I was I reread not just in the day 1984. Yeah. And someone came up to me while I was reading it, and they were like, "Hey, that's a cool book." And I was like, "A bit more than a cool book, actually. I mean, it is a cool book, but you know, people were noticing it, and 
obviously drawn to it and going like, you know, hey, you know, thumbs up, this is an amazing book. And actually rereading it brought back everything that you were saying. I was like, yep, mm. this is the, I'm sort of thinking, when did he write this? Like, mm. how did he know? Mm. It's incredible. And I would say anyone who hasn't should read it now. It really is I the moment, so. isn't it? Yeah. It, it is. really and is the moment. I think that it's available for such a small amount of money, you know, yes. from a various uh, online retailers that you can <laughs> or bookshops you know, or bookshops yeah or bookshops I've got mine my copy for us from a, a second hand bookshop right by uh, our drama school where I we read it at school sorry I did it we read it for did yeah you? I think a lot of people uh, yeah. studied it a lot of older it, people studied it didn't they a lot of, <laughs> I think it should <laughs> have <laughs> I, um, I think it should be on the curriculum I read it in about 1984 <laughs> no you can't have done that's not possible what, what would I have been in? I'd have been 13 I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you would have around then, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of, that's mad, isn't it? Mm. I think. Um. Yeah. I think everyone. Sh- I think people should read. It. I think it's one of those texts that, yeah. like Bill Bryson's short history of nearly everything. Yeah. Just give that to a school child at a certain point and go. There you go. There's, there you just go. A, there's an overview of, of everything. There you, there you go. You're and done. And then you can you can delve. Just l- just learn about yeah. that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think yeah, 1984 should be one of those. I'm in. I just don't know what to do here because, oh. and I really mean that. And and sometimes I say that, and I do know what I want to do. Mm. Yes. But in this case, I am. I feel completely like we've come torn. at it from quite different angles. But that's great, yes. and you have. But it but also that, makes it almost makes, impossible. Well, I would. Uh, yes, that's what I was. That's what I was getting at. I think it's, you'd be very. I mean, I, Chris came up with a nice sort of political worldview. I talked about a comic book, so <laughs> I should win. Yes, I think, I think so. Because yeah. it's Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Do you know no what? It's Christmas. No one wants to hear actors blathering <laughs> on about, oh, have you got some political views? Do you want to share them? It is Christmas. <laughs> and we've had a lot of politics, haven't we? We've had a lot of oh. politics. And for the simple fact that I was taken back, <laughs> and I think that so, and don't I think more it, people Chris, don't worry about it, should. Honestly. Honestly, mate. It's get right. into graphic novels yeah, and yeah. should be encouraging children to yeah. read graphic novels because yeah. it gets them into reading wonderful yeah. novels later in life, yeah. like George Orwell's 1984. Yeah. I am going to take... Well, but we're headed to one, so it's better. Hush. Yay! I mean, I hope there are still comic books in the dystopian future where all creative impulses <laughs> yeah. are crushed by the state. Mm. <laughs> I'm fine though. I'm fine about You're it. You're fine I'm, about it. It's just. Yeah, I'm taking it well. I'm have another sip sort of, of water. Mobile about you, it. Well, what would I be able to throw in your face if I drink it? <laughs> <laughs> I loved both of those. Uh, I really did. And but I, I think Hush sounds absolutely fantastic. It, it I is, definitely want glorious. to read it. And, and, it, that, and you do too. I do want to. Yeah. I do. And yes. it looks beautiful as well. Yeah, and it does help. Mm, that it does, does help. help. Yeah. Uh, an exciting 2019 ahead for you. Things going on. Lots to read. Lots to read. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got to, oh, we've got to do the pitch thing now, haven't we? What have we got to do? Um, I am, well, you don't have to. Oh, but, you know. what am I doing? Oh. Oh, I'm going to do. I'm, 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 I'm on Celebrity Mastermind around oh, this time. Yes. Oh. Around this time. Um, when yeah, so that'll be between Christmas and New Year. And can then, you tell the can you tell the listening public what your special subject is? I think I can probably tell them my special yeah. subject. Yeah. I yeah. did Eric Cantona as my special wow. subject. Right. Yeah. In just a de- desperate attempt for him to notice me in some way. <laughs> Uh, and then what else? Oh, a film coming out in oh March. We've got a we've got a date March the fifteenth. I've yeah. got that wrong. It might not be March the fifteenth. March. We've got March a film, sometime. Uh, a film called Fisherman's Friends coming out, and that's going to be they're going to start the trailers quite soon uh, to ensure that your mind is saturated by this film by the time they release it. About this fantastic band from Cornwall, the, the singers from Cornwall, the actual Fisherman's Friends. The actual yeah, it's, Fisherman's Friends. Um, Friend. It's um, based on a true story. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So that's coming out then. And I love them. Absolutely love them. They I've been to great. see them many times. They, they are, are wonderful. Did you like, meet them? 
We did, yeah. We hung yeah. out with them quite a lot. They're, uh, they can drink, can't they? Yes, they can. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Tribute uh, played quite a large part in that shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. Ah. Yeah. Cans of Tribute. And proper job. Proper job. Proper job. Proper job. Proper job. Yeah. Yeah. Proper job. Yes. Um, and David, reading a lot, obviously. Well, I've got a, a, an adaptation of a novel, a novel called Good Omens. Uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Oh, yeah, book, yeah, fantastic. Uh, which Neil Gaiman himself has adapted and uh, is coming out on Amazon Prime Video at some point in the new year. They're being very cagey about oh, what they do. <laughs> but they're just uh, entering the final stages of post-production now, so it's yeah. coming, yeah. Great. Uh, thank you both so much for, for joining me in our little cubby hole Thanks here. Thanks for and having us. Yeah, it's joyous. It's been an yeah, absolute pleasure. And Merry Bloody Christmas. Merry Bloody Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bar humbug. Bar yes. humbug. Ho, 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 and have a great time. David, Christian, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.